Before I get into my spiel, a quick shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. We have weekly meetings every Wednesday, among other things, and they are the highlight of a lot of our weeks. And I'm just grateful for how y'all have made space for us and rocked with us for like years in some cases. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you as well to everyone else who consistently listens to our show. That's a bomb way to show support as well. And we see you. Okay, so for those who don't know or who need a reminder, indie episodes are individual episodes Mikey and I record. It's a way for us to honor who we are as individuals and not just who we are as spouses. And today, I'm going to interview Yanitza. (laughs) She is a sex and intimacy doula, among other things. Don't worry, I'll let her tell you who she is. And I spoke about her in my last indie, Honey and Self-Sabotage where she gave me a homework assignment that sparked lots of thoughts about pleasure and self-sabotage for me. And as I promised, she is here for an interview where we'll get into how she got into this work and more. It's been important to me to interview Yanitza because I really want more people to utilize her services and to tap into, confront, and solve any blockages they have about receiving and giving pleasure. So what had happened was, Yanitza! Hi, Randy. <laughs> you need to cut it out. We just took a shot. We just took, we took a shot. Very pretty of shot. Some gin. Yes. Strawberry. What else did you put in there? Lemon. 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 To give it some flavor. You yeah. know, we couldn't just like raw dog it. It was still it's a lot. It's 1 p.m. <laughs> we had to make it a little sweet. So yes. we added some strawberries and it's five o'clock somewhere. Somewhere. Not here, but somewhere. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm also a little anxious. It's my first time on a mic and hearing myself like this. Um, I'm also excited you're here. Yes. Randy's here, so we're not doing this nope. online. We Randy are face-to-face. has put into work the work that she's been doing with me, and she took advantage of her benefits, and she <laughs> flew out to Connecticut um to for the day just to record this episode. So yes. shout out to you. Thank you for flying out instead of just figuring out how to do this digitally. Like, yes. that's possible. But you decided... Let's make it a day. And it, time is going by too fast. And we may have to discuss this <laughs> when it's done because it's already one o'clock and I don't understand. I just got here. Um, thank you, Yanitza. I'm a, Beta is here. The infamous Beta. She felt left out <laughs> um, and she announced herself. Um, so that's Beta May, my little <laughs> dog. She's in the background and she's been hogging all of Randy's attention <laughs> since she got here. Yes, she has. And I'm very honored because dogs be knowing okay so i'm so excited Yanissa, to be interviewing you and to be doing so like you said in person y'all this is a big deal this is really proof and confirmation to Yanissa that i we talked about last night that i hope it's it's confirmation to you about the work mm-hmm. and the work you've been doing on me mm-hmm. <laughs> with me um to get me here because randy six months ago would have done this digitally and not gotten on the flight um but yeah so before we get into our interview and our icebreaker question I'd like for you to tell our listeners about you <laughs> and how you show up in the world, any and all pronouns and who you are in your words. Thank you. So, hey, y'all, like Randy says, um, my name is Yanitza Marcel Cubilete. Um, that's the real fancy way. Yanitza's cool, too. <laughs> um, I use she, they pronouns. Um, and it's funny because Randy gave me a snapshot of the questions beforehand and didn't really struggle with any of them except for um, share with the world and how you show up. I always seem to struggle with that. So I have written in my notes, who the fuck am I? <laughs> um, who the fuck am I? And I'm Yanitza. I'm an Afro-Dominicana, a cancer, a daughter, a sister, a friend, a creative, a dog mama, um, a very extroverted introvert person. Um, 
a loungewear king. Um, and also a pleasure focused sex and intimacy doula. So thank you that for having good. me. You're welcome. Thank you for doing this for me. And with me, I know you had to take off work. I know that didn't, that wasn't a big, <laughs> I know you don't care about that, but I am very grateful. You picked me up all the things. And, um, I've so far, I've been having lots and lots and lots of fun. Okay. So now the icebreaker question before we get into the big interview my question to you is and i will also answer this mm-hmm. who is your pleasure muse i love that question <laughs> i had my answer as soon as you asked as soon as i read it um and it's i have a layered answer you know me i okay. got layers <laughs> um so at the moment my pleasure muse my biggest one, I will have to say, is Janelle Monae. I that was mine. <laughs> well, there you go. Girl. Oh God. Okay, we'll tell our different reasons. Okay, go ahead. I mean, this being, I mean, releasing the Age of Pleasure at this time, I think they released the soundtrack to my life and mm-hmm. this just era in my life that I think they're ready to share with us, but also that like I'm personally in my own journey and ready to step into. Um, so. Yeah, Janelle has been a huge muse of mine. But the question also made me think of um, a question I think that Adrian Marie Brown asked in the book, um, Pleasure Activism, which is like, who has been like a significant inspiration in your pleasure lineage? Mm -hmm. Because I also want to honor those people who Mm -hmm. like have been really significant muses of mine. And Janelle's just taking the spotlight right now because of this beautiful offering that they've shared with the world. Yeah. Um, so I think I want to honor um, folks that have been in my overall pleasure lineage who have been my maternal aunties, like okay. in their own journeys and by being close to them. I discovered a lot about pleasure at an early age and not even just sexual pleasure. Like my aunties were the source of like going out and having treats and all of these things as a child. So like I really learned about pleasure with them. And then later on in intentional ways and as a sex and intimacy doula, my muses have been, of course, um, Adrian Marie Brown mm-hmm. and pleasure activism. And then a friend of both Adrian and a friend of mine, Chelsea's um, goddess honeybee has been really inspirational. Mm. Oh, I haven't talked to you about mm-hmm. goddess. I'm going to put you on. Okay. I'm going to share some of goddesses stuff with you um, because she has wonderful, wonderful insight and education around kink, pleasure and liberation and freedom and like the access to black folks to mm. those spaces because it's usually seen as or perceived as really white spaces. And Mm -hmm. as black people, we have the right to explore and feel and experience those joys too. White and violent for black people to partake. Yeah. And how we can't. Right, 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 right. So that's something that I really appreciate about Goddess. It's like she's really informing around consent Mm -hmm. and vetting and just what are safe practices and safe ways to engage in these pleasure activities Mm -hmm. that is pleasurable for everybody and not just the person in charge or taking Mm -hmm. on a dom role or whatever the scenario may be. So um, I wanted to honor goddess honeybee and um, those are my muses um, of right now and just overall. That's actually really good. I hadn't considered the lineage of people that I've come across that have inspired me to be sexy and to right. like to be sexy right and to like yeah so i may add something to that but before i do janelle's pronouns are she they yes? yeah and free okay. ass motherfucker okay i just want to make sure because i constantly say she and her yeah and so i just want to make sure that i'm not yeah i think janelle um like myself mm-hmm. i embrace she they pronouns so you often hear me saying or referring to myself um because socialization but also you know like I was saying earlier, I was like, I teeter between like this really femme. Like I got really excited with the mic cover. It's hot pink. Oh uh-huh. my God. Um, <laughs> but also there's, um, you know, just very masculine energy inside me. And sometimes a lot of times I feel like a teenage boy. Um, Don't we all? Still There's sexy though. Yes. Still a sexy one, but. Mikey was a sexy teenage boy. That's mind boggling to me. I, whenever <laughs> I remember that you, y'all have known each other that Since long. High school, yeah. It's beautiful, but it's also like, wow it's why i listen to y'all because that shit gives hope and faith like i'm like wait these two people are making it work and they're making it work more than a lot of people in a lot of ways the type of work we are doing um (laughs) yeah but my lips are sealed (laughs) thank you confidentiality uh so my pleasure muse i was also gonna say janelle it's so crazy because actually a white girl put me onto her 
in college. And it's probably the only good thing she's ever done for me. <laughs> um, let's do that. <laughs> she really wanted me to hear Cold War. Um, and she and watched the video. She was like, I just feel like there's something about her you'd really love. And because it came from her, I was, uh, wasn't as receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, Cold War stayed on a playlist because... I was like, oh, my God. That's real. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yeah. I didn't bring up the person who put me on to Janelle because I'm not proud of who put me on to Janelle. Who? No, it's your turn to oh, go. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. And this is doing her thing where she, where she's <laughs> facilitating. <laughs> and when Janelle dropped Dirty Computer, I was pregnant with Drew. Mm-hmm. And we were driving up to see Carmen who I think is Eunice's doppelganger. She's my best friend, Drew's godmother. And we were helping her like move into her place. And I was cranky and irritable because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was also very sick. I had awful sinus problems and dirty computer had just dropped. Mm-hmm. And I had watched the visual and then I listened to the album and I just, it gave me so much solace. Like I was tired. We were driving from Atlanta to Ohio. It was a lot. I fell asleep in the middle of the moving. I knew Carmen was upset, you know, because I, I was a lot like, going yeah, on. But it turns out I was pregnant and everybody forgave me. But um <laughs> and I just felt like that album, because she was up for the album of the year because of the album. Mm-hmm. But like that album was just like amazing. I love all her albums, but that one touched a lot of people for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. And just the visuals that also came with it make me feel like the tribute to prince just the Django jane like i it was just so intentionally oh my done God. and like i'm having chills and so i'm like i was just so proud of her and then for her to drop the age of pleasure and the first mm. video i saw i didn't see float i saw lipstick lover first and i just remember sitting there like oh my fucking god mm-hmm. like same and i and it was funny because or not funny but that i was on twitter and someone i had went to um to high school with was like i hope you know janelle when it's okay and i just i don't know i'm worried about her and i was like oh my god what happened she's like you know she's just like showing a bunch of skin things i don't know if she's being forced to do this and i was like no i i took it as her like making an into her power. choice yeah um and then she did the interview with angie martinez yeah. and she did the the video interview with where they undress while they talk yeah styled like you yes styled by you um they do amazing interviews. Yeah, and she was just like, no, I'm intentionally doing this because I'm confronting lots of shame that mm-hmm. I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm jumping out of these respectability politics. And I just, that's where I am. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting into a curious stage of my life and my relationship with Mike, my relationship with myself yeah. and pleasure. And she's just like, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Um, other than that, when it concerns lineage, I don't know. You know, I feel like, I don't have many people who have a blueprint, you know, Mm -hmm. as you know, sex and pleasure has always had like a tinge of tension Mm -hmm. for me about it being wrong about, Mm -hmm. you know, when am I going to have sex? And I I made a conscious decision to be older than my mother when she had me when she was 15. So I waited till I was 17. And like, when am I going to have my kid? And like, just like, there's always been something wrong or bad about it to me until our work together, um, which was which was provoked by Noble, you know, um, and also my relationship with Mike because my God, mm. but yeah. So yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, I'm still, I feel like I, I cheated y'all and didn't, and I should share that. Um, I agree with everything you just said about the age of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, Dirty computer also was mind blowing. And I remember when it came out, my niece and I used to spend a lot of time together at the time. And, she could like sing the songs mm-hmm. at the end of a week and she spent it with me. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm going to take it as a really good thing because clearly I've listened to this too much. Yeah. But the fact that I'm planting the, these seeds yeah. and this small child um, feels good giving the messages and those songs. Yeah. Um. So I guess I'll, it's not a shout out, but the person who put me on to Janelle Monet is an ex partner of mine. Mm. Um, not my most recent ex. Okay, I was about to say that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but someone who I was involved with for a very long time, from like my late teenage years until my like mid twenties. And I remember one day he just hit me up or sent the song Prime Time to me. Uh-huh. With but, uh Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like the song. Like mm-hmm. every time I hear that song, it will remind me of those times, um, which were some good, some fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, but Shout out to that person for putting me on to Janelle Monet because it has been an amazing love journey since mm-hmm. with Janelle, really. Like, and just all of the artwork that they put out. 
um, and share with us because that's also a thing, right? So like, I really appreciated their interviews because it reminds us like there's a human being behind this creative shit that people are putting out, you know, like the art and the songs, the visuals is only like a portion mm-hmm. of who this human being is. And so when, you know, we get to sit down and hear these conversations, mm-hmm. it's like that insight into the full human. So shout out to Janelle because those insights have also allowed me to embrace the age of pleasure yeah. as a full body of like this is real intentional work work yeah that like they did internally to put this out. out with their people first like yeah. as they felt comfortable mm-hmm. and now they're feeling comfortable enough to share to it, it to with us yeah. um and that's a journey and um i just appreciate that and yeah. it's why i in part i appreciate just janelle and the piece that is the age of pleasure so go listen if you haven't it's not an ad but it's really good it's life-changing you know yeah okay so the first interview question official interview question is what led you to becoming a sex and intimacy doula and i guess in that question is also what is a sex and intimacy doula for people who don't know um what is a sex and intimacy doula so i get that question a lot because Mm -hmm. people are like i'm familiar with a doula a birth doula Mm -hmm. um or even sometimes like a grief doula a death doula Mm -hmm. but folks aren't as like it's just not as accessible Mm -hmm. or it isn't as common to encounter a sex and intimacy doula so i will say that the way i embrace the title is that i am a trained professional who provides my clients with the support during their journey and reconnecting with their intimate and sexual worlds and desires Mm -hmm. um but i'm not a therapist though yeah (laughs) yeah this is really quick to say in sessions like this is out of my framework but if i could take a a gander at what you're seriously i'm not really trying to add any burdens to nobody's life like the point of this is to access more pleasure right so um and also in the transition and in the journey of trying to reconnect with yourself the truth is that sometimes we have to uncover and things come up yeah that are traumatic in our past and our journeys um so when those things do come up you know that's where i advise my client to like, I think you should talk to your therapist. Right. I think you should talk to your therapist. <laughs> and I usually ask them if they're in relationship with a therapist mm-hmm. prior to us starting um, our work together, just because it's important to know these things. And um, I want to make sure that like my clients have something in their toolkit for care that isn't just me and this work that they're about to engage in. Right. Because it can it can get pretty serious. You know, it could be lighthearted and be like, hey, I don't know what sex toy I want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many. Could you ch- maybe point me in the right direction? But also like, we did some really intentional work that mm-hmm. was deep and intimate and vulnerable. Yeah. So it, it's a spectrum. Yeah. And so what led you to becoming? What led me? Like, how did you even find out about it? And like, yeah. So, so what led me to it was honestly my interest in becoming a birth doula. Mm. I have, I have I ever shared with you that I've witnessed a live birth before? I don't. I was in my aunt's delivery room and I watched the smallest person in my generation come earth side um and he's great he's 12 if i'm not mistaken um wow and it was beautiful it was the first time it was the first and only time i've witnessed a birth but Mm -hmm. i really wanted to witness it a because of the connection i had with my aunt as one of my pleasure inspirations and Mm -hmm. muses right um but also just i have always known that like as a little cancer nurturer, mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, you're pregnant? Mm-hmm. I'm going to nurture you. What do you want to eat? Do you want to take a nap? Come sleep in my bed. I have AC. Yeah. Um, so because of all of those things, when she offered, I was like an honor. And actually, my mom drove us from here to Con- from Connecticut to New York. Mm-hmm. And we made it in time for this baby's birth. And he slid out of her within... 30 minutes of me arriving. Wow. It felt like he waited for my arrival, really, to make (laughs) his entry into the world. And so that interest that I had in and still have in becoming a birth doula led me to do research. And then I stumbled upon the National Black Doula Association. Okay. And it was during the pandemic. At the beginning, I lost my dad and was grieving. And as part of my grieving journey, I took time off and I was like trying to explore new things and trying to learn something and so i ended up on their website and i didn't feel like i was ready to enter the journey of bringing life earth side yeah with the heaviness that i was feeling mm-hmm. at the time but it did catch my attention that they offered a sex and intimacy doula training wow and i was like what is this 
this? I had never heard about it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first time I learned about it. I read about it. I was interested. And I made the investment in myself mm-hmm. and my expansion, my evolution, and signed up for this course. I got sick as heck and literally spent the night in the hospital, the first night of the course. But I oh, still no. went through the whole thing because I just was really curious and wanted to learn. So mm-hmm. it was insightful. And it just affirmed the other reason that why I pursued it, which is I always found myself being the friend that people come to about their shit. You know, yeah. like people come to about their things in their sexual and intimate worlds. And did you have you ever heard about this? And what about this? Have you tried that? Or have you heard about this? And so realizing that and putting the two together i was like yeah let me make the investment it makes sense um i have the time i have the interest and clearly like we need the resource yeah like i remember on one of the patreon calls having the discussion of like how little access to just sex ed we have yeah we have as young people and we grow up and you know afraid we're re- of sex only thinking about stds right only thinking about getting pregnant and, or engaging in sex in really fucked up ways the way they do in porn yep. which at some point is really fucked up unless and you're in, and- right unless you're engaging and watching like really ethical porn which exists and mm-hmm. there's amazing people making it out there um like you see a lot of fucked up shit and mm-hmm. then your people are out there replicating that. Yep. Um so realizing that like when I reflect on my journey in adolescence and all that, one of my only sex ed resources was girl.com. I think Charnel and I oh, bonded on, right, yes. on a Patreon call. <laughs> Shout out to Charnel. Um, but it was girl.com and I don't know what's up with them now, but I remember back in the day, it was kind of like informative and really insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the only space and it was like this online space. It felt yep. super anonymous. Um, and you know, you don't get that human connection that like I later got with friends and it was friends coming to me. So like, yeah. where's the friend that I go to when I have the questions? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all of those things, right? Like realizing the lack of access to the information and the conversation and just wanting to become a resource. I'm like, oh, if I'm becoming all of these types of resources for my communities, I have a history in like community organizing, mm-hmm. um, then why not also be a resource in this way to my people. So that's that's why. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. And a resource you are, I'm not even playing. Like, you know. I'm literally so proud of Randy. <laughs> like, the fact that she's sitting in front of me on my couch, y'all, is... It's proof. <laughs> it's proof. It's beautiful. And, you know, we're worthy of all of these things. Like, I also, as a human being, like, yes, I, I'm certified in the intimacy and sex doula. But I'm a human being who struggles sometimes with their self-worth and all that stuff, you know, like when we get blows and all that. So it's very uplifting to be like, yeah, we manifested this. Like we've been working together for about six months. And look, this is the end of like this cycle of work. And I'm excited that like you have some interest in the next cycle of work. Well, thank you. And this is actually you bringing up um, having like experiencing also feelings of like unworthiness and things, which Mm -hmm. is a subset of shame. has brought me to my next question, which is, have you ever experienced or did you ever experience shame about sex, pleasure and intimacy? How did you get out of that funk? And now that you're doing this work, do you ever find yourself back in that experience of shame every now and then? Ooh, that's a loaded question. And I wrote <laughs> that when in my notes when I saw it. I was like, oh, wow. Not only is it like multifaceted, but it's just it brought up feelings in me because I'm like, I'm a human being. Yes, of course. I experienced shame and still experience some shame sometimes around sex and pleasure and intimacy. Um, and I think part of why in my intro, I embrace being an Afro Dominicana is because, um, I was raised partially between both living in South Florida and the Dominican Republic, which the Dominican Republic is super conservative in some ways. And, mm. um, like it has a Bible in the center of the flag. Did you? I did not know that. Yeah. In the center of our flag is the Bible open to a specific script. Um, and particularly like my family is very, um, religious on my paternal side. Mm. So like my father was in training to become like a priest at some point. What? He found weed later, but I was, <laughs> I was like, your dad? Um, oh my and, God. I know and that. He found life and things, but like my dad also always until his end, um, was very connected to his spiritual side in a lot of ways. Um, and as a kid, he tried to plant those seeds in us. And like, I went to Catholic school until I was 17. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I realized you went that long. Yeah, but I went to school, Catholic school, sixth grade, eighth grade, 
9th, 10th, 11th, and half a 12th. That's a lot. Yeah. And so um, those things like impact, you know, mm-hmm. our relationship with sex and a bunch of things and just my cultural upbringing backgrounds everything Mm -hmm. so i held so much shame around sex when i first started engaging with it Mm -hmm. um with my first partner and just with sexual activities right if it wasn't like full-on blown penetrative sex like Mm -hmm. just making out and like hitting first base second base um Mm -hmm. i had so much shame Mm -hmm. i was like you know how we were saying like earlier like the ancestors are watching Uh uh-huh so much shame i'm like the ancestors are watching Um, and it was (laughs) funny because i feel like grief led me to start engaging in sex more and like i lost Mm. my virginity after i was heavily impacted by grief yeah um whatever the social construct of losing your virginity is by the way um yeah we don't believe in that shit right at least not in this and also they say that like when i was uh going through my initial grief with noble passing i read that i was like hypersexualization it's a sign of yeah grief and i was like yeah 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 oh absolutely i I learned about it for the first time watching the movie nymphomaniac i never seen it it's give or take. I'm not going to be like, <laughs> oh, my God, go watch Where it. Is but it. I've watched it. I don't even know what it's streaming on oh, anymore, okay. but I've, I've watched it a long time ago. Um, I think Shia LaBeouf is in it and he's. Oh, um, oh but like God. I watched it a long time ago. And one of the takeaways, though, that I carried today was that was brought up mm-hmm. like um, the main character shared that like going into grief over losing her father put her in a state of hyper-sexualization of herself and, like, just super into it all the time. Yeah. And when I was 16, I guess that was my experience or a shape of that. Okay. I wasn't hyper-sexualized like the nymphomaniac wasn't in the movie. (laughs) That wasn't me. the word. (laughs) That wasn't me. Um, No, I was just exploring things with my first partner who I was deeply in love with. And I thought, you you know, that's how things go. Like, yeah. you're deeply in love with somebody who you hope to marry and all that stuff. But that's where I learned about the impact, that that can be an impact of grief mm-hmm. on a human being. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I have held a lot of shame. And I think I got out of it um, through just growing up. And, like, growing up, I have realized, and it's so cliche, and I try never to share this shit with young people, really, because I know what it, f- it feels like to be a young person who's told, like, you're not ready for this, so you yeah. shouldn't. But later on, as an adult, I understood why, like, oh, I wasn't ready for a I lot of those waited. things. I should have waited. Yeah. Um, And it's because with the maturity came space mm-hmm. and the freedom that, like, you don't have necessarily as a young person all the time. Like, there's just some anxiety luring over about getting caught or what if this happens or what if that happens. And, and it's not a good my foundation. My parents are going to kill me. Yeah. And exactly, it's not a good foundation mm-hmm. to start exploring and getting to know yourself you're like engaging in this thing because you're told it feels good and sometimes it does but maybe it doesn't Mm -hmm. um and i didn't start enjoying it until i would say the tree cutter Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh um like well this person has been an on or i wouldn't say on and off but we've had the experience of you know hooking up in my early 20s mm-hmm. and hooking up later and like it's been really enjoyable the entire time but with this person was the first time that i felt free to just enjoy sex like yeah i wasn't like necessarily like i'm a grown-ass bitch but like he had a place and mm-hmm. i felt grown enough to like go over and like take a shower and like we were having sex and at some point he was like why aren't you loud like i can see that mm-hmm. you're like holding back why mm-hmm. are you doing that right um it's like it's just us in this space we're grown if my roommates here like they hear fuck it they hear they know what's up that's how mike goes um and once i realized that like oh we're grown we can just <laughs> do this i think it was a big 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 like it was a shift, pivot? but it was it was a pivot. It was groundbreaking for me because, and I say groundbreaking because I was able to have like my first partnered orgasm. Mm. Prior to that, I hadn't engaged with sexual partners and had sex that was sometimes enjoyable at first. Sometimes I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, no. But at this point in time, I was like, you know, sometimes women have a hard time with um having an orgasm with penetration. Like mm-hmm. I'm aware of this now. So maybe I'm just one of those people that uh-huh. Um, who like maybe it's not possible for me to have an orgasm through penetration or whatever. But it is. I learned that it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to this person. Shout out to you. <laughs> um 
And I think that learning that it was possible for me was just such a huge shift because I was like, oh, the conditions really have to shift. Yeah. Right. Like, I really don't have to feel like I have my ancestors looking over me. And judging me. Right. Judging what the fuck is going on. And I'm not feeling like I'm letting somebody down. Like, Mm -hmm. my mother would do this thing where she would be like, don't let me down. Whenever I would really? go out with my first boyfriend and I would feel super guilty. That is a lot to... <laughs> right. These parents I mean, don't even I be knowing, it, right? And yeah. it's probably why I'm like, I turn 30 tomorrow and I don't even have the thought of kids because uh-huh. I'm like, I am don't not let letting down. you down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, so, I, yeah, it's a lot to shift from, but I'm thankful to have been given the space. And like, at that point in time, at this age, I was already back here, I think that living here had a lot to do with the culture shift as well and like how people just view sex and their relationship to it. Yeah. And access to like things like birth control, like, mm-hmm. you know, losing your fear of getting, getting pregnant. pregnant leads to like a lot of pleasure. enjoyment, <laughs> you know, like you're going to enjoy what you're doing. If you lose some of that anxiety about like, shit, is this going to lead to a baby that I'm not ready to have? Yeah. Because the reality is people are engaging usually in sex because they want to experience pleasure mm-hmm. and, and not, not because they want to have kids. Right. Like people do intentionally go into sex because they want to have kids, but that is a very intentional, That's very intentional, particular moment in time. Because you can only do it. Right. But overall, we're engaging in sex because we want to feel good. We mm-hmm. want that shit to feel nice. And we should. And so many of us, so many women, so many fen folks don't yep. experience pleasure and feel good moments in their sexual experiences. And you hear so many stories about how people feel the obligation and experience shame, you know, don't feel comfortable in their body. So just do it to satisfy a partner, but not because it's, they feel like they're satisfying one of their needs because they're focused on the shame and not that it it might be a need. Um, So I think that's how I let go of some of the shame. Shout out to the people along the way who, you know, were dope sexual partners who helped release some of that shame. So yeah, that's that's how we let go of some of the shame around here. Thank you, Yanita. You're welcome. Okay, so uh, what has being a sex and intimacy doula taught you about people and taught you about yourself? Mm. It's time for you to be in the hot seat. This is what I be going through when I'm in session with Yanita, <laughs> and I'm just happy to be able to turn yeah. the tables. I mean, yeah, it really is a, a reverse role here, like... <laughs> And I feel it. I feel it. I feel good in it, but I feel it. Um, so what has been a sex doula taught me about people? Um, how little we are taught to be inquisitive about our own bodies. Yep. Like, and it starts off like with squashing that sensation. I watched like parents do it to children. Yep. Um, and I hope you don't mind me sharing like when you reached out about like drew being naked or something yeah just you wanting to handle it like i don't want to plant shame in my child i want you to be yourself but i need to make sure you're not like letting someone touch you or yeah like yeah yeah there are spaces and circumstances for this and like you know your room the bathroom Mm -hmm. safe space for you to maybe explore yeah classroom not, not a safe not the, space not the please um so <laughs> right teaching about appropriate boundaries and those things but like it started we start squashing it as when we're small so then as adults there we don't that, we don't have that inquiry right like we, we exactly it feels mm-hmm. icky we we push away from it um and sex is something that like we're experiencing in our bodies and minds and you know our hearts sometimes mm-hmm. and our souls sometimes and I've learned about that. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is deep. Like, it's not an individual thing. Like, as human beings, we are not taught to be inquisitive about the things that go on in our body. And it's not just pleasure. It's like, you can see people ignoring pains and aches and not Good going to in- doctors. Intuitions. Right. I wanted to be nice. And now you're dead. Like, I'm serious. Uh, like, really? It's like, truly, we've been taught though. to, like, stifle all feeling mm-hmm. in our body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, how little connection there is and how we know we should all of us do some work around like connecting with our bodies a little bit that's what one of my favorite things about the come as you are book Mm -hmm. Um, i haven't finished it as you know but right in the beginning she goes go get a mirror and go look in the mirror and look at your vulva and look at all your things because you're out here hating yourself and you don't even know what it looks like right like go and like she she's like no really if you're still reading put it down and And go go. and like and i did and i was like oh she's 
Right. I ain't looked at this thing since God. Right. right. <laughs> and no, that's cool. the thing, right? Like, yeah. and how much has your, like, your body shifted, evolved, like, all of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important to get familiar with our bodies yep. as we shift and grow, like, just as we're get, getting familiar with our minds and what's going on and we're doing all this healing work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on with our bodies? Our, yeah. We're changing. Our cells are flipping constantly. Yeah. And so I love that moment in the book as well. Um, what else have I learned about people? This is funny, and it's that a lot of people think they're a lot freakier than they actually are. Right. That is something that I've also... <laughs> and I say freakier, like, in parentheses. People think they're nasty. It's like, nasty, nasty. And, and I'm like... Not. We are not, y'all. Um, But, again, what's nasty? It's a spectrum, you know? Because there's people who like, like... Like, have you watched Horrible Decisions when they talk about all sorts of weird, different <laughs> yeah, like kinks? like, foot fetishes and the... An Alabama... Key lime pie or something. I, I don't know what it. it was called, but it was some atrocious. My mouth be wide and open. I'm sorry, I'm not king shaming. <laughs> I take that back. But it was interesting. It was interesting. And it was something <laughs> that like I'm like, you know, that doesn't sound appealing to me. That's not the thing that's gonna do it for me. But I'm that's interesting that you're a human being, that that's what does it for you. And I think that puts you under the you're an interesting, freaky human being. Um, so I I've learned that, but I think something that I've learned about myself is how much I truly enjoy the conversations, mm-hmm. like how interesting everything is, how I enjoy engaging and learning and just expanding in this sense. And um, I think at first I was a little intimidated about it and mm-hmm. I did hold some shame around that because again, like I think it's super easy for me to talk and share with like people, the world, my friends, but then there's like this internal world, the family I come from yeah. that is a little bit more conservative. I'm like, how do I talk about this with them? Um, so it's been a learning journey around that. But I also made a commitment to myself that I'm like, I can't help people if I can't talk to my own family about this work right. with intention. Like, I, it doesn't feel like integral to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to figure out well, how did I want to share about it with my family? Because it's not like, you know, I started an OnlyFans or I'm out here, you know, being an like, adult film star or something. Yeah. But it still feels like I'm engaging in hella conversation around sex and putting things out there that they would just be jaw dropped sometimes about. Or sometimes they shock me and they wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. like, and they have when I have shared with them what the training was, why I did it, t- what the work I do looks like. Um they have not shared any negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Nobody has shared any negative feedback in my family, thankfully, who I've shared and disclosed to. Um, and it's mostly been my mother and my grandmother. Like, they were the most important people mm-hmm. to me, like, whose opinions matter. Matter. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not going to be like, I don't give a fuck what nobody says not. Mm-hmm. I actually do give a fuck what they think. I'm not, maybe not enough to completely stop me from doing it. <laughs> but I care. Like, I'm not trying to hurt these people intentionally or embarrass them. Or if they are embarrassed, like, help them move through that because that wasn't my intention in the process mm-hmm. so they know that i'm tr- certified and they do know that i i do the work and then i have clients and mm-hmm. um i don't get into the detail of the work with it with right. them and that's part of like the journey of why i became one right because i was like y'all never provided these conversations so it's part of why i don't feel comfortable with you sharing now as an adult right even though i feel comfortable sharing with a lot of other folks of the world right now right um so those are some of the things that I've discovered along my journey and, you know, getting certified and engaging in the work and working with people like and that I'm a human being and the shit comes up for me all the time too. like the shit yeah. that I'd be helping people through. It's so interesting because like at times I was like, does that mean that I can't help people? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, no, no. Like a therapist has a life when shit goes a therapist through. has a therapist. Right. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> right <laughs> um and so yeah that like coming to terms with like no i'm a human being i don't have to be perfect i don't have to have everything figured out but like right. it's my intention in figuring things out and my willingness to share it that makes it so that i'm a resource for others and that i'm not just you know pulling this out my ass mm-hmm. or i'm not just pulling this out my ass like right. i'm very intentional of when i'm like i'm sharing something that i know has some basis or i'm sharing something that the basis is my intuition and my internal knowledge and i can't tell you where the source is right um so those things thank you of course Okay, so you kind of did touch on this earlier um, when you talked about grief. But before we close out with a final question, I wanted to ask you, how do you think grief plays a role in how people experience intimacy? Um, 
my note, first note to this was fuck. <laughs> I think grief can play a huge role in or impact our relationship with intimacy. Um, and I think other than the talk about yourself question, this was one of the ones that I struggled with the most mm. because grief has been very prevalent in my life in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our work, like grief was like the, the propeller yeah. um, to you taking on and making this commitment. And so I think personally, I've learned that grief is it's its own kind of intimate experience. Yeah. You know, like grief comes from like relationship and deep love and loss and all of these things. Yep. And something that I learned within that loss is that like, we all have our unique relationships with the loss, the mm-hmm. person who we lost, right? Yeah. And I, I've gotten here because I have two sisters. Um, we all lost our father. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the middle sister, but we all had unique relationships with our dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all experiencing and feeling the loss in our own ways because we're just our own human beings. So mm-hmm. here we are, one human who we all lost. And the experience for all of us has been so different and mm-hmm. unique um, and all led by love um and that pain but i think it's just that makes it intimate because i'm like part of what hurts is no one knows the relationship i had like only i know that relationship mm-hmm. right and only no you know the relationship of what it felt like to be noble's mother mm-hmm. um so i think that that like coming to and realize the realization that grief is such an intimate experience and i think we rarely think about it that way yeah you it know? is um And at least how grief showed up and has showed up for me is, for instance, at first I shared that it led me to start engaging in sex, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was one of my propellers um, when I was really young. Um, And then this time when I lost my dad and I was so heavily impacted by it, um, I was so impacted by grief that I had a hard time connecting with myself. Like I was Mm -hmm. so depressed. I was so out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I isolated a lot. I basically like became like a little zombie, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was for so many reasons that grief, you know, and relationships and layers. But I think that um, I also held so much shame. Yeah. Because around that time I started I became certified as a sex and intimacy doula. And I realized like, this is one of my passions and I want to do this. But then I was so impacted that like grief impacted my personal sexual relationship and my partnership at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it led to like this huge wedge that I would say is like one of the reasons that like we ended up ending the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the impact of, of that, right. Was like me not wanting to engage in sex because I'm so engaged in what, how do I survive? Like yeah. waking up, going to sleep, just like routine. Shit, I need to eat now. Mm-hmm. I struggle with eating so much sometimes. Um, trigger warning, sorry. But yeah, so it had that heavy ass impact. And then that impact led to so much shame. Yeah. Because how am I going to take this on with so much intention? How are you a sex and intimacy doula? You, know, you, you can't have sex. sex. Yeah. You know, like yeah. who are you trying to help? You need help, girl. Yeah. Um, and so it I did enter this period where I was like, I need the help. So I need to help myself before I'm helping anybody. Mm-hmm. And I was reading hella books and doing research and all those things. Um, and you know, shortly after like the relationship ended and I came to a lot of realizations and I realized like a lot of the work that I had done, like and the grief had pa- like it was not had passed because we're living with this grief every day, yeah. but the magnitude of it wasn't like drowning me. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I had taken on new griefs, the grief of like the shift from my relationship. Like yeah. a, I had a three year relationship. At some point we were engaged. And then like I had to realize that the, that's a real grieving process, too. And I was like grieving work, too. Mm-hmm. So like it was grieving a lot. Um, and of course it's going to impact like my ability to feel pleasure and to want and to like just my desire for joy and all of these things yeah. were heavily impacted. Um, and shame wasn't helping that shit, but it was present and it yeah. was keeping me on a chokehold at that time. So I think grief impacts people in different ways. I just shared a lot. I think about how it has impacted me because I think that's where I've learned the most. And I think about how it impacted you, but I'll leave you to share your story. Yeah. Um, and 
I just, I hope that, you know, grief is something that we all experience because we love people and that we just feel supported when we're experiencing it. Like grief was your catapult. Yeah. If we got, I don't know about you, about when your dad died, you did tell me like some things that came up, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, like when Noble died, I expected people to act right. You know, like I expected people to understand. I expected certain people right. to understand the gravity of like birthing a living child. Right. And I remember watching my kid took a video of him taking his first breath. Like he really tried. And I hadn't seen it yet because I was still on the table. But like I watched the video and I was like, this baby really took the biggest breath. Mm-hmm. And he died mm-hmm. an hour and a half later, you know, mm-hmm. and People were acting up, as you know, you right. know, and I feel like also having people struggle with showing up for people in grief. Right. Also having people who are narcissists deal with somebody in grief. Shit, yeah. Like all the things people dealing with their own shame mm-hmm. and their own triggers when somebody else is in grief. Right. Can also impact your intimacy. And I felt like I feel like if I had been more held and, you know, not with Mike, obviously, because we were both just in, in general, it, like community. if I had been more held in community my I would have had less shame about mm. needing the type of intimacy I needed. And I'm just thinking about that just now hearing you. Like I really do think that if it had been if people had been well to me, like if I had been right held, then I think I I wouldn't have carried nearly as much shame right as I had after Noble was born. Yeah. And so, that's the point, right? We're taught so little about how to hold each other when we're going through it. Yeah. How do we express that we need to be held at the time? Like yeah. it's we're taught so little and as black women we're just like you have to thug it out you know mm-hmm. you have to be strong um we feel guilt reaching out for help needing help needing apologies needing right. fake apologies needing anything needing, <laughs> needing anything <laughs> needing anything needing sleep needing to stop working needing to keep working right yeah um so yeah yeah i um i mean a lot of people know that i started working with you because after noble Mm-hmm. I could not engage in self-pleasure. I could not masturbate. I was having lots of orgasms, you know, with Mike, but I could not tap into being with myself. I did not want to be with myself. I could not be with myself mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination because there was so much shame came up because mm-hmm. when I was on bed rest, it was just me and my body and noble. And everybody knows, like, I didn't know at the time, like I said earlier, that a symptom of grief is hypersexual so mm-hmm. i was super horny on bed rest mm-hmm. i was completely alone mm-hmm. mikey had to work drew was in daycare mm-hmm. i had to stay where i was like it was crazy mm-hmm. like i when people visited like the room didn't have any windows like it was just lonely yeah and i couldn't orgasm because orgasms make your uterus it's contract, contract yeah. and but we needed to yeah like it was just it was just like okay don't do anything you can't do anything and so like even when i would find something that was sex, like i could i started watching sex life on mm-hmm. netflix i couldn't even keep watching it because nah, that shit is hot yes and i was like <laughs> i can't even engage in anything pleasurable in this awful scary time mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. having lots of shame that that was really on my mind. Mm-hmm. And then he died anyway. Right. Then he died anyway. Fuck. You know? And I'm just like, if I was more focused, if I wasn't so fucking horny, you know, like then I, you know, like just right. lots of shame and beating myself up and not being able to be with myself again alone in a room mm-hmm. with no one else. And that is something we've been working on um, that has changed in these six months, you know, because I have been really intentional um, and it's been hard. Yeah. It is a lot of work mm-hmm. it has been very hard as you know like we will begin through a session and i'll be like so proud of myself for not crying and then you ask one question <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like wait <laughs> we had our last session for this cycle last night before randy flew out here this morning and at some point randy was like i'm not gonna cry i'm not crying with you i'm not crying with you today and i'm just like okay but We've been crying but the whole do this time, every time, and it's the last one. What made you think you wasn't going to cry in the last <laughs> session, girl? I did, and I came close, <laughs> but I was like, no, <laughs> don't do it. But yeah, um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Grief definitely plays a role in how people experience intimacy. So I guess the biggest lesson is when you do struggle to experience your intimacy, and if you do feel like you need support, don't feel ashamed. Tell somebody. To yeah, tell somebody, reach out for that support. Support exists out there. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit more hard to find, but it is out there. And hopefully you have somebody that you feel safe enough to share that with or comfortable enough. But yeah, I think that's the role. It's going to play a role 
of yeah. some shape, whether it's hyper sexualizing or, it, or decreasing it or somewhere in between or mm-hmm. somehow it becomes a burden or whatever it is when you do feel like your experience with your intimacy um your intimate world your sexual world comes to like there's a barrier there that yeah. needs addressing um reach out for that support you know don't there's no shame in that we're human beings and like shit happens all the time we evolve um but amongst, and we will agree, like you right. said, as long as you love somebody, you are going to be heartbroken. Right, that is part <laughs> of the human experience. Yeah, we should be more comfortable with it. Um, but it is also like you know, earth shattering and rattling. Um, so yeah, we should feel supported and resource, and hopefully we are. And if you're not, you know, there's resources out there. Yeah, Eunice being one of them. Speaking of, my final question. <laughs> Is you what? said your final question, last question. No, I said before I get to the final question, and I'm gonna play it back and send it to you when I, be- I edit. I this. believe you. I actually <laughs> do believe you, and I'm I'm remembering, and that's what you said actually. So you're right. What does working with you look like? Are you available? Is your books open? Tell us all the things. Yes. So I am currently available and have my books open. Um, you can reach out via um my IG or my email which i'm sure randy will drop in like show yes, notes and I things will. like that because my name is yanni takawilete how do you spell that yeah um i'm kidding there is a spelling we know how to spell it's your beautiful name. and randy does know how to spell it actually randy has said my name like my childhood best friend since i met her and really it's part of why i love her yeah you literally since i met you say my name like my childhood best friend candace are you still in contact with her yeah shout okay. out to candace she's lit okay she's also one of my pleasure muses actually we were okay. 12 years old while now um <laughs> aren't we all right right <laughs> um but so yeah my books are open please reach out um i'm on ig um i'm available via email and what some of the work that can look like if you're interested is one-on-one work like i've done with randy um i do also if you're interested in having a conversation with your partner and want to do like one-on-two mm-hmm. or if you're like you know engaging in like non-monogamy um and you have multiple partners or have questions about that safe space come work with me I also do sex sex exploration conversations, you know, like I want to try the sex toy or I've never tried lube. What's Mm -hmm. that all about? I thought you only try that shit once you hit menopause because you get all dry. (laughs) Um, But it's like, no, Um, actually, it was great. It's so much fun. So any really curiosities that you might have, you might want to book on one on one with me just to have those questions answered. If I'm able to answer them, if not, I might be able to point you in the right direction of where you might be able to find the answer. Um, and also I do like small group workshops. I don't know that I've ever shared that with you. But, you um, did because we were supposed to do something on. Um, oh, yeah. For, for the Patreon mm-hmm. call. Um, so like just I've done small group workshops on like navigating healthy relationships um, for young people and people with disabilities. And I have one like the P's and Q's of sex. Like, why do people have sex? Mm-hmm. Just a conversation with young people around like, why are we fucking? Right. <laughs> but for real, you know, because if you're going to start engaging on it, why? Why are you doing it? Because are you doing it because your little boyfriend's all useful or because you're actually curious and you're About- actually feeling urges in your body? Like there's. Right. There's a difference, um, and I want you to feel good about whatever whatever the reason is. Right. And there's, like, pleasure mapping, you know. Like, um, I've seen folks share a little bit about this, but um, just getting to map out what pleasure is for you. Mm-hmm. Having a conversation, and, like, sometimes it's important to, like, exteriorize something. Mm-hmm. Like, just put it out there and, like, vocalize it and say, this is what feels good. So those are some of the things that I do with people. And if... For instance, I recently found myself having a conversation with a parent who has a teenager oh. and the parent wanted to better prepare themselves for when the teenager have a sex talk. No, they were like, my teen needs to talk. I need to prepare myself because I need to have this talk like yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I don't I'm not prepared right now. And if I go into it right now, I think I'm going to do some harm. Yeah. Um, and I, I found that really admirable, right? Because they're like, I need to address it. It's already been too late. But in the addressing it, I don't want to cause more harm. Yeah. I need to go in with a certain intention and like informed mm-hmm. um and so they were asking me certain questions and i was able to provide some answers so that's some of the what working with me could look like that's exciting and no you really are i remember texting you about drew too and being like and i'm not gonna put her business out there because she may not nah, 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 we, we're yeah. respecting yeah but thank you because of course the gifts and the tips so thanks Yunitsa. you're welcome
Okay, so finally, I'll leave you with this. Yanissa does this thing, and I literally just changed it on the spot, Yanissa. But you do this thing in the sessions where we do like aftercare. What do you call it? The palate cleanser. The palate cleanser, <laughs> yes. Where you're just like, okay, that was really intense, or that was really lots of things. Let's do a palate cleanser. So, what would you do as a palate cleanser right now? I was going to say, I mean, girl, my palate cleanser is when we get off this mic, I'm going to pack my bowl. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want a hamburger so bad. We gonna have this bitch drink, <laughs> right? And we gonna have a drink. We gonna go out to lunch, y'all. I turn thirty tomorrow, so I'm choosing to spend my deal. last day in my twenties doing this. That is um, amazing because um, it feels okay. This should feel like a dream come true. I'm gonna say that shit as part of my <laughs> own pleasure journey. Um, and you know my little ending. Um, my sister was the only one who was able to pinpoint it when I shared it. She was like, Oh shit, it's a dream come true. And I was like, I felt silly feeling that way, but you're right. It is a dream come true. I've been a listener since 2019. Oh, when Drew was first born. I remember. Yes. Yes. Since Drew was first born, but I actually, I think I started listening backtrack. So oh, okay. Drew was already born, but I hadn't listened to the fact that Drew was born already. Oh, okay. Lots of people do that. Right. Because I was like, I just, I want to follow this chronologically. Like, I'm, I made a commitment in October of 2019. Um, I did. I did. I was, I was like, since you made the Patreon, I've been a Patreon supporter. I just started showing up to the meetings last year. But it really felt like I was listening to these people. They're putting some insightful stuff out there. At the time, I was really in the track of, I'm about to get married, and I'm a young black person, and young yeah. black millennial marriage. But it's it's so telling that, like, I haven't been in a relationship that's on that journey in over a year now. Mm-hmm. And I can still listen and oh. still take things away that feel really good and that implement to my life. Yeah. Um. And the fact that, you know, I did go through the breakup, and y'all weren't like, get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so um yeah don't be afraid if you're not married you can listen and come through support yeah. their patreon and stuff because it'd be, it be lit it up really in there we have fun. um but because of all of those reasons it, it literally feels like oh shit some manifesting real like uh, it's a dream come true <laughs> like it, it like we have small dreams and we have big dreams right yeah. like this isn't necessarily the dream of we're living our bestest abundant life we're getting there we're we in are route um, but Amen. this feels like the manifestation of a little dream. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, you know that y'all, I, I was afraid to be in my own skin, like just who working with Anissa and not even just you, but my therapist in tandem when I was in grief therapy and the cause and all the things like it has taken a village. And that's why I really want to have you on. I think, you know, as a listener, I know as a listener, because I listen back to our own episodes. Everybody knows that like we really work hard to be intentional with every episode. And so I really want people to experience the freedom and the love and the curiosity that I have developed for myself through adding this work part of my other work because it is all related Mm -hmm. pleasure sex is related to how much money we make Mm. how we feel about the money we make Mm -hmm. to our goals to if we get on a flight or not you know to if we do something feeling worthy of making that money right feeling worthy of taking the flight right (laughs) and just anything you know like feeling worthy of the evolutions that we dream of you know yeah like we have big dreams and also sometimes we get to those dreams or we get to the moments that we prayed for and we're like oh shit yeah and it's because of like you know challenges within our self-worth and sometimes it's because of other shit um but we all deserve to give ourselves that shot amen oh my god Yanitsu, we did it <laughs> thank you so much If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. And if you like this conversation between me and Yanissa and you want to book our services and all the things, please let us know. Um, Send her an email. I will make sure I put all of the Instagrams, all the things on there in the show notes so that y'all can find her. And email us at blackmailmarriagegmail.com, B-L-A-C-K-M-I-L-M-A-R at gmail.com. And let me know what you thought about this episode. Let me know if you had any Um, revelations, epiphanies, thoughts about sex and pleasure and intimacy. And you know, we always look forward to your feedback. The Black Moon and Marriage Podcast is hosted and co-produced by Mikey and Randy Chapman. This episode of the Black Moon and Marriage Podcast was edited by me. 
Yes, Randy Chapman at Ready Productions, a podcast management company. We are now still available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite streaming services. Rate us five stars and review us. We love hearing from y'all. Y'all know we have made whole episodes dedicated to your feedback. We cannot create those episodes if we don't have feedback. So please let us know. To support our podcast, consider joining us at Patreon, patreon.com slash marriage. There you'll get unedited, edited, and every episodes, Zoom meetings with us, a community of really dope people. We haven't even interviewed like the spies and the... It be lit <laughs> out there, y'all. Like literally come through, my bad. Um, But come through. It, it's it's such a good time. It's the highlight of my week every week. And a I say that people, every week. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of us just like, oh my God, Wednesday, Renee will put in Discord. It's hump day because we're always like so excited to be able to see each other. So... It's real. Um, and be sure to check out our website. Actually, there's an update coming. That's still not up yet. Follow me on social media. I am at Randy is Rich on Instagram and Ready Productions on Instagram. If you're interested interested in podcast management services and just learning how to be a better podcaster without selling out, building community with people. Um, and then, of course, our podcast page, Black Millionaire Marriage on IG. Thank you again for listening, y'all. Be blessed. Don't settle. Fight clean. Peace.